Welcome to the College Football Bros. I'm Michael Newman. I'm Ryan Newman. And I'm Trey Newman. All right, we have reached the SEC in our head coach rankings week, the final Power 5 conference we're going to go through. But be sure to subscribe to the channel because uh, we'll also be ranking the top 15 head coaches overall in the country. Uh, But let's get started here with number 14. It is Zach Arnett of Mississippi State. Been very good uh, as a defensive coordinator, both at San Diego State and then, of course, uh, at Mississippi State before, um, of course, now getting the the head coaching job. And, you know, he's he's never been a head coach before, and pretty much everybody on the list uh, ahead of him has head coaching experience and at least accomplished something positive. So yeah. uh, kind of felt like you had to put him 14th. Yeah, I do like him, though. I think he could do a good job. Um, number 13, we have Clark Lee, uh, from Vanderbilt. Uh, he took over a, a winless team from Derek Mason. So this place was certainly a mess when he got there and, but they're in a much better spot now. They were two and 10 in his first season. Then this past year, they were five and seven. Um, he had some big wins over Florida and Kentucky later in the year. Um, and they look, have kind of at least what looks to be their QB, uh, of the future, AJ Swan. Uh, stop looking at me, Swan. Uh, he, he's done. A, he's done about as well as you could have expected, though. I mean, so maybe he could. Maybe deserves a little bit more credit than he maybe he's getting. Um, but if he makes like a bowl game, though, he, you're gonna. He's got to jump up. Just, I mean, at Vanderbilt, if you make a bowl game, it's great. And considering where they were just a short time ago, so they're on the right track. Just taking that next step is the hardest, though. You know, he's you, you got him from the floor, but taking that next leap is hard. Mm-hmm. All right, moving on to number 12, Eli Drinkwitz for Missouri. And, you know, I don't think Drinkwitz is really a really bad, but but one, you've got the SEC coaches are just obviously very strong. And then two, unfortunately, Missouri, they're just 17 and 19 in his three seasons there. Uh, he had a really good recruiting class a, a season ago. Um, they finished seventh in the league, uh, headlined by Luther Burden. But this past cycle, 2023, was 12th out of 14. He really needs that that good class from a year ago to develop and start paying dividends for the Tigers in order for him to kind of move back up on this list. Yeah, okay. Number 11 is a painful one for me. Yeah. Billy Napier at Florida. Because I was extremely high on him uh, when he was hired by Florida. I thought his Louisiana tenure went about as as well as it possibly could have. He elevated their recruiting to crazy levels on the field uh, as a coach was great. Um, And it's only been one year here at Florida, but it was a bad year. And their season win total for the upcoming season is five and a half. So things could get dicey pretty quickly. You go five and seven in in year two at Florida, especially with, you know, Georgia (laughs) winning back-to-back national titles. That gap seeming to widen. Tennessee's on the rise. Yeah, exactly. It just would not be pretty. He needs to outperform this year in order to kind of keep the the confidence of the fan base in him because it's definitely waned after after a year. But, you know, I still think he's a good coach and a good recruiter, um, so there's a chance he could dig himself out of this, but I don't know. It's, It's dicey. It's getting harder and harder. Uh, all right, let's move on. Number 10, we have Sam Pittman at Arkansas. So he's he's 19 and 17 overall there, 10 and 16 in SEC play. So, you know, solid, but nothing nothing great. Um, you know, and I got to say, it, it, he kind of has a different, maybe at least people have a different opinion of his tenure so far as like, as compared to like Brett Bielema. But 
Bielema's tenure was awfully similar at the beginning of, you know, they look pretty similar at this point of their careers. Now, Bielema faded at the end and had a bad year to really ice put icing on the cake for him. But and I, and I don't expect that from, from Pittman. I really don't, especially with KJ Jefferson back for this upcoming season. They should at least have a, you know, solid offense and he should win them some games, just him being there. Their recruiting has been decent. Um, and, but you know, hopefully they can take the next step in that regard, just recruit a little bit better. Cause I like them. I think he does a good job, but it's just sometimes you, when you don't have the, that elite talent, it's hard to climb in the sec West, man. It's just too many good teams. 2024 recruiting class is off to a good start. So maybe it is. Yeah. Maybe it'll start hitting. All right. Number nine, we've got Shane Beamer. Uh, and, Personally, Beamer has moved up on on my list since he was first hired. Uh, he has definitely improved the Gamecocks from the mess that he inherited. Uh, I, I thought his first season going seven and six was was quite misleading, since on a team strength level they were worse than than their record indicated. But he backed it up last year, going eight and five. Had big, had, then obviously down the stretch had those big wins against Tennessee and Clemson. Um, and he's capitalized on that, it seems like, with some momentum on the recruiting trail, uh, getting the 17th ranked class in the country. Uh, I mean, unfortunately, that's only seventh in the SEC, though. But but overall, some very positive vibes in Columbia. Looking forward to, to seeing some bigger games in williams Bryce Stadium with cocky going nuts there. All right. Number eight, we have Mark Stoops at Kentucky. And, you know, it. Took him a while to to get it going there. Understandably, his first five years were actually pretty much identical to um, Rich Brooks and Joker Phillips combined previous five years uh, before he took over. But since then, they've stepped it up seven straight bowl games, which yeah. is really really good at Kentucky. Their highest finish in SP Plus has been twenty third, so they've never you know quite been elite. You wouldn't expect that, but but they've had a lot of kind of borderline top thirty type teams, which is great. So. I could see yeah. the argument for him being higher, and I think a lot of people watching this will will probably want to make that argument. Yeah, but like you said, he's they've never really had like a breakthrough like that good of a team. Sure, they won ten games, but yeah. you know, schedule is usually pretty soft as far as non conference. Anyways, uh, moving on. Number seven, we got uh, this one might be a little controversial for some folks. Hugh yeah. Freeze at uh, at Auburn. Uh, it's we're uh, I, he's always been successful, no matter where he's been, and. You know, I know his tenure at Ole Miss was, didn't end well off the field, but you still kind of can't complain with what he was doing on the field there. They were always having good teams. Beat Alabama in back-to-back years. That is an extremely rare thing to do. Um, and he took him to a Sugar Bowl win. He pulled in a top-five recruiting class there. So the potential for him is sky high. And then, of course, he killed it at Liberty. They went 34-15 and 15 and never won fewer than eight games and won all of his bowl games while he was there. So... He just wins. Like, you know, I may not be the most likable guy as far as what he's done in his yeah. past tenure, but I don't think Auburn fans are going to care if he comes in and wins like nine games this year and has a successful career. Like, who cares? They just they just want to win. Yep. I We're all kind of in agreement that Hugh Freeze, we think he's going to do well there. Number six, Jimbo Fisher, Texas A&M. He is uh, very difficult to rank. Since, you know, he had amazing success previously, you know, won a national title. But then at the same time, he's he's like a bad year away from losing his job now. Uh, you know, he signed that greatest class ever a year ago, but then backed that up with a bomb of a season missing a bowl game. Um, you know, there have been a lot of transfers out of the program. 
and his offense has been kind of the big issue recently. He hasn't been able to get good, you know, consistent quarterback play. Uh, I, I, we've talked about before. I really like him bringing in Bobby Petrino to kickstart that offense. Um, and even with the transfers out, they still have a lot of talent that remains and even brought in the 11th ranked class this year. Uh, so I'm willing to have Jimbo in this spot of our rankings since I am personally cautiously optimistic about the Aggies. Yeah, it's a big year for him. He will, he could, uh, he could certainly fall if they oh, yeah. Yeah. have a repeat well, he just season. Be, he, he, would he wouldn't be time. on the list. Oh, good point. If the yeah. if A and M can muster enough, uh, yeah, enough dough, yeah, <laughs> that have to be very a, true. It's a lot of money. It's a lot of money. Uh, number five is Josh Heupel at Tennessee, and a lot of people didn't like the hire, uh, which I think tells you his UCF tenure had had kind of mixed reviews. They they did slowly get worse under him, but it's kind of understandable. Like Scott Frost had such a great ending there that it was almost yeah. there was almost nowhere to go but down and yeah um and that's eventually what happened but uh but at tennessee he's done great and you know year one was expected you know he inherited a mess and they went a respectable seven and six which may not sound that yeah. good but it was better than expectations this past year going 11 and two just a a crazy good season so and that seven win team was fun to watch yeah yeah he's he's a the reason you know, I'm confident enough to put him ahead of some some really good coaches. Is he's an offense? You know, he's he's like Lincoln Riley in that it's it's just a guaranteed good offense. So yeah. that side of the ball, you, you think is is set under him. Um, I will say I need to see more from him before I put him in. Like say my top ten nationally, maybe Tennessee fans would have him there. Uh, just because we've seen it's mostly based on one year. I will say this this yeah. whole this rise of Josh Heupel. You know, like if he hadn't done it. If he went eight and two, four, he, yeah, we'd know. be like, okay, he's doing well, he's but, good, but but so because of that, you know, we've seen guys like Mel Tucker, uh, Dave Aranda have these big, huge breakthrough years, and then we were all kind of singing their praises, and then it, well, yeah, and then a year later, <laughs> drastic, it comes back to earth a little bit. I'm not saying yeah. I expect that for Hypo, but I would say my nas- my national ranking for him would reflect that possibility at least. I just keep interrupting Michael. Sorry, Michael. Yeah, I can't. Yeah, just keep going. <laughs> I just decided to ignore that one. I just blew through it. Yeah. I saw the frustration in the face. So, I mean, we've seen yeah. a, a long enough tenure of Sonny Dykes to sort of like, you know, not crazy overreact after one year. I feel like, like, whereas hypo, there is a smaller sample, so there's maybe more of a wanting to to just react to what you've just seen. Yeah, no, I agree. I'm, I'm with you there. All right, uh, number four, we got uh, the Lane Train, Lane Kiffin at Ole Miss. Uh, he's a good coach. Uh, 23 and 13 so far at Ole Miss, 14 and 11 in SEC play. You know, and it seems just like he's really kind of stabilized uh, that program after you know they've had some up and down years and some rocky situations. Uh, so that's it. He's got them, you know, pointed in the right direction, and you feel confident that they're they're just going to be good. Um, he killed it at Florida Atlantic prior just to this job and killed had an uphill, it, yeah. yeah, had an uphill battle at USC and, you know, with their sanctions when he was there and he actually did a good job there, all things considered. Um, and I think he actually would have got Tennessee going if he stayed there for more than a year. I think he would have done a good job. So I, I wish maybe a little more jump in the recruiting. I thought it could take it up just a notch. I mean, they're not bad. Not, not, not saying that they've been 15th and 21st the past couple of years, which is, is good. But if you want to be like playoff caliber or, 
you know, that next level. It's he, he does kind of need to take the recruiting to the next level to do that. But he's still going to have a good team. I just don't know if he can be elite. All right. Yep, that's fair. Now we're kind of getting to the elite section of the yeah. conference. Um, number three, Brian Kelly, LSU. Uh, pretty amazing number three to have since he's you know obviously one of the top coaches in the country. Uh, but I will say there was some unknown with with him coming to LSU. Uh, you know, could he fit the culture? Could he recruit? Was he overrated at Notre Dame? But after his first year, there seems to be kind of no denying that Kelly is flat out a, a, a great coach. And and I think he validated that. Or I think he ended up validating what he did at Notre Dame, meaning like he almost had them always very good. But, you know, and he couldn't fully break through come playoff time. But I think we can kind of argue now that Notre Dame isn't the easiest place to win. He did an outstanding job of keeping them as high as they were year in and year out. Uh, but year one, LSU, very low expectations, 10 and four, won the SEC West out of nowhere um, yeah. with, you know, with that overhauled roster that he had. Um, he just answered the recruiting question, too. He landed the sixth ranked class in the country and has a team ready to compete you know, nationally in year two. Yeah. It's just, he's, he, he has cemented his, yeah. his stature as a, yeah, really, really good coach and sky's the limit at LSU. Um, okay. Number, well, here we go. So this is, I guess what <laughs> everyone's been waiting for. Saban has been number one. I feel like this was a de- um, bigger debate last year. You think, no, I disagree with that. I don't, I don't think there were that many people putting smart one last year after just okay. It was one national title, and they even split the season series, right? Like, yeah, fair enough. Okay, but this year, I feel like it's still a relatively easy answer. I, I thought so too, Ryan. Yeah. Uh, okay, all right. Well, here we go. Kirby Smart ended up number one on our yeah. list. So um, I was the only one who had Nick Saban still. Wait, you legitimately one. had him number one? Oh, wow. Yeah. What do you well, I mean, oh, my well, God. I I don't, no, it's Saban, not that ridiculous. Nick Saban number one. My God. I'm crazy. What was <laughs> yeah, I thinking? That's not that ridiculous. I don't know. Back-to-back national titles. Who, you know, that's, uh, you know. Hey, maybe Jameson Williams doesn't get hurt. Uh, you know, maybe uh, John Mechie. Maybe maybe it isn't back-to-back. But no. Yeah. They, he, no, he earned smart. Earned, they, they were the better team the past two years. So um, here's the thing. So I... He, I'll make my argument for, I just that well the longevity is insane. Fifteen straight years yeah. finishing the top ten. Ten of those fifteen were in the top five, six national titles. His last one just three years ago. So it's not like we're having to reach mm. that far back. He just pulled in one of the best recruiting classes ever. So he's not slowing down on the recruiting trail. Um, we've just we've seen him overcome every change in the sport. We've seen him overcome, uh, you know coaching turnover again and again and again and again so we we've we've seen him do it at multiple stops we've seen him win a national championship at lsu like he's just been a lot michigan state did a great job like he's toledo i know that's going back way far but just like one year too right yeah one year at toledo i think but it was very good year it was good (laughs) (laughs) but uh but we don't know if kirby can do that yet you know we've we've it's he just kind of hit that peak right now so we'll see how long he can sustain it i mean i i'm not trying to <laughs> i think he'll do just fine yeah, I mean, going to his eighth year at georgia and they've been yeah, to like no, what how many new year's six bowls in a row but yeah no i, I, I no, he's not great saying. but 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 it's but it's it's based on these past two years because if you look at the six years prior well he also well, he went to the national georgia he did go, but i'm saying Alabama, no 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 but i'm saying when you're comparing him to nick saban like uh uh-huh. uh yeah 
six years into Kirby's tenure, there was no question. Everyone had Saban still, still ahead yes. of yes. Not even Agreed. close. I mean, not yes. not it wasn't club, but like not a, really a debate. So yes. yeah. it's these two years that have kind of pushed him over yeah. the top. And I to hear me, it, it it takes more yep. than that. It takes more than that. And um, wow. I think so. I think right now it's Georgia is the better pro is in the program's in better shape. So I so I can see why you'd put smart ahead, but I don't but think it's not that, that far. It's not that far, and I don't think that um, is necessarily leads to the conclusion that Kirby's the better coach because you know that ebbs and flows. You know, so at one point Clemson people were making the argument for Dabo over say you know it kind of ebbs and flows who's better, but yeah, I don't know. I just think the longevity for Saban is is too much. I don't him going whatever he's gone like 28 and four the last two years is is not yeah. enough uh, it was too many games but you get the idea <laughs> yeah no no, I, no it's yeah. not a bad right. take no, i listen it's you can make either case for either i just think with the back-to-back national titles you know it's not just one <laughs> two in a row now uh that uh, georgia's won and they they were 15 and 0 this past year i mean they didn't lose a single game 14 and one the year prior so, and it, he's, like I said, this is going into his eighth year at Georgia. So it's not like it's been, you know, it's been over quite a long na- time now. And then what was it? The second year that they went to the national title and lost? They did so barely. It's, you know, so he did it right away and then he's kept it going, taking it to the another, another level. His recruiting is just pretty much on par right there with, with, with Saban. Um, you know, so if you're, when I'm asking this question, I almost think about it. Who do I, who would I rather have at this point? And, I, I would rather have smart. I mean, maybe his age has something to do with that. Yeah, ignoring he's, age, and but yeah. you would you would still say smart. That's 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 fair. But yeah, it's it's not by a long shot. Of course, Saban's the best coach of all time. Like that's not even really for debate. Saban's just the best no. ever. But right now, you know, Saban's going to be getting up there. What do you mean, seventy two this year? So yeah, back to back national champs. I, I just I can't go against that. Yeah. Even though I made the the hardy case for for Saban, I think it's a reasonable debate. Like I'm not gonna yeah. I'm not gonna blame anybody for putting uh, smart number one. Uh, but okay, let's look at the full list here. And Trey, what uh, what stands out to you here? Uh, well, I think kind of like we mentioned, the top three are pretty much in stone. Obviously, I guess you could shuffle uh, a couple of those. But but to me, when I looked at the the middle section, kind of say four through nine, give or take. I think you could make a case for anyone at four and anyone at nine, like compared to other conference conferences, I just felt there's a, a wide range of spots. Those guys could go in the other conferences felt like they had pretty tight bands, uh, maybe outside of the big 12, which I think was a crab shoot altogether. Uh, but some people, you know, they might have stoops and Beamer a lot higher than us. And I think yeah. it's reasonable. Uh, but then a year from now, I wouldn't be shocked if we had a guy like, you know, Hugh Freeze in our top five. You know, there's there's some it's just there's so much moving and shuffling that could still happen with this list. Yeah, I think I think the biggest disagreement looking at this list, like the comments are, are going to be Jimbo Fisher too high. People, I, yeah, I, I definitely know. think yeah. people are going to think people are gonna think it's crazy that we have Jimbo Fisher ahead of, for instance, Mark Stoops or even Shane Beamer, Sam Pittman. But I, I'm kind of okay with it for now. People gave us a lot of crap a couple years ago when we were still pretty high on Jim Harbaugh, um, and that has worked out. I'm not saying it's going to work out like that with with Jimbo, but I, I think there's the chance. And I think maybe people are kind of maybe overreacting a little bit to one year and also not properly accounting for 
even the the his, his the start to his tenure there like if you look at just the win loss record it might make you think eh i don't know but when you account for strength of schedule you look at the actual team strength like you look at sp plus or fpi or whatever vegas power ratings what they had them they're a lot better than than the records would indicate and they almost made the playoff yeah. a couple of years ago so um i li- actually looked at his sp plus rankings the first 4 years of his tenure um before this past season and it was 12th that was his average ranking in sp plus yeah. like it's not bad yeah i mean they had three pretty good years and then one really good year of those four and then this past year was a dud i mean you know that's that can happen and they can still rebound and i think it will i i so we'll see we'll come come the end of this season i think he'll have a good year and then people will be like okay they're back to be on the, the, the fisher bandwagon but when i looked at the list you can put the list back up mike if you yeah. got it the um I kind of think like, okay, of these, of the top, like, which teams actually feel good about their coach, you know? So in, in the in the top 10, I, I think pretty much everybody, except for maybe Texas A&M, like, I think probably Texas yeah. A&M fans, I don't know how they feel about Fish, but I don't think they're probably that no, high. But everybody else, so. like, even going to 10, I think Arkansas fans are still on the Pittman bandwagon. Beamer, they're 11. Stoops. I, Freeze, of course, is brand new, so I think they're all on the bandwagon there. So it's like, you know, Napier's no. Yeah, they're not they're, happy. Yeah, no, they're not happy at all. Missouri, I maybe they're kind of indifferent to drink with. I don't think they really like him too much because he hasn't yeah. really broken through. And then, sorry, Vandy. You know, I'm sure they like Lee, but, you know, it's Vandy. Arnett, I'm sure they like him, but it's he's just never been a head coach, so you just don't know. But yeah, I don't know. I just feel like top, nine of the top ten, they feel they're going to feel good about him. But it's weird that Fisher, we have sixth, and <laughs> they're the team that maybe the fans don't really – I don't have too high of an opinion of right now. No. Well, we'll see. We might end up looking uh, really dumb or really smart with, with Jimbo Fisher there. We'll see what happens. Yeah. I remember we had a few years ago, the big disagreement was Ed Orgeron. We still had him behind Lane Kiffin, even after he won yes. the national championship, had the best team ever. And in hindsight, and everyone said, we we're how did we not have him higher? Hindsight, we were we were too high. We were too yeah. high. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I kind of regret not going because I kind of regret yeah. not going bolder with that because we just yeah. never quite bought in. Like, I mean, yeah. obviously, I bought in enough to where I was like, okay, I got it. I can't put a lower than fifth, but yeah. Oh well. Um. Anyway, thank you for watching this episode of the College Football Bros. Be sure to subscribe to the channel. Leave us your comments below. We're always interested to see uh, how people feel about our list, and we will see you next time.